This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to de- uh, to go over another difficult week at Manchester United. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, and on Facebook as well, I think we've got it on Facebook. If not, sorry about that. If you're on YouTube, join in the um, questions and the comments in the comment section. If you're watching the replay, you can always... Um, Still joining the conversation, we, we reply to comments on there after the event as well. And if you're listening back on the audio podcast, please li- like and subscribe on the um, platform you're listening on. Right, a lot to go through this week, Paul. The first thing I'm going to do is address uh, Mason Greenwood. It's not a subject we're going to be covering. It's an ongoing criminal investigation. It does nobody any favours at all to discuss it. Suffice it to say, obviously, we condemn any violence, domestic violence as well and we'll always support the victims. That's all we're going to say on that matter. We'll talk about the football now. Um, a sombre week, a lot to pick from Paul. We'll start with the transfer window. It closed last week. Van der Beek went on loan. Everton, it seems like a sensible move. There was an option for him to go down to Palace, but he can stay in the northwest. A sensible move in that you know, he's gone for him to get some game time. But it, it just strikes the entire thing. Just strikes you as odd, right? Because he should have been playing at United. There's no reason for why he's, he shouldn't be playing at United, even to give him the chance to fail, even if he's not good enough. We've not even given him the chance. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the worst thing. It's not as if he's played games and he's been underwhelming or anything like that. I don't think at the moment in time any United fan can make a hundred percent assessment on him on his ability to play for Manchester United because he was never allowed a run of games to prove a point. He was never really allowed to what was deemed as a United top starting eleven. He seemed to always, when he did play, play in... When he went in, he mostly felt they were like meaningless games when he did start. And then he was coming on with sub for sub for anything between four and ten minutes to go in games. But every time you saw him, he went out with a really good attitude. And that's the one thing on his part. And that's the one thing I think, well, you know, a lot of United fans will respect him for. He was he never put it out there publicly that he was sulking about it. And everyone would know that out of sight, he's mostly very, very disappointed, mm. you know, quite a few miles away from home, from friends and family. And, and, he's, and he's not playing. It must have been very, very difficult for him mentally 
So it'd be a breath of fresh air to go somewhere where he's wanted at this moment in time, which make a, a big difference in his life. And that will lift him as well. And he's, he's put himself under the microscope, really, and going to Everton, because obviously straight away coming from Manchester United, Everton fans will be a little bit sceptical. Mm. So he's going to have to hit the ground running. But, you know, he's played in big occasions, you know, for his club. I mean, in the Dutch league, and he's played for his, um, he's played in Champions League as well. He's an international, so he should he should overcome it, given given the fact of there is was there was a method in the madness of Manchester United signing him. Yes, maybe. Um, it's funny that yeah, you would think Evan hopefully will be a good move because you've got a new manager. He's going to have to play him. You would have thought if he doesn't, then um, then you know something seriously wrong there. Um, yeah, we wait and see. Obviously, wish him the best. Sim- um, another matter that's less simple, a little bit more complicated, Jesse Lingard. Um, so he had a loan move touted to Newcastle and it was falling apart and then it was back on for different things. They were basically being funny with it, you know, about the amount of fee. Now, that could have all been clarified and done before last Sunday. Um, and then Sunday happened and United were obviously reluctant to, to lose another forward player. Uh, one thing I don't, I'm really cautious about commenting on because you don't know everything. And obviously, you know, mental health, uh, you shouldn't make flippant comments about this if someone's struggling with mental health and everything like that. But you look at it at face value and you look at everything that's happened the way it has, the fact that the manager's talked openly about it again, like he did with Martial. And it does seem to be a situation partly of his own making, right? This, this thing, I think, I mean, he didn't sign a new contract. He's made these very public posts about playing for West Ham. And even if the first one was a mistake, he knew the reaction. So he's made further ones to upset people. He's not really attempted to defuse that. Um, and obviously it's a difficult situation. And he's made no apology to the fans. And by the way, if he thinks he doesn't owe them an apology, then fair enough. But that's the situation is what it is. And then having been complaining that, you know, he, technically, I guess he wants to move that he's not going to get game time, and then there's game time for him, and he said it's not right to play. Um, it does, for me, I feel like there's a bit of an unfortunate um, consequential thing with Lingard, because of obviously the other events, but still, it's, it's there are ways and means to handle it, and it just seems like it's been handled horrendously. I mean, timing being right, and if Newcastle really wanted him, he should already be at St James's Park on a, on a permanent deal. So it's not United's fault that Newcastle didn't put up the money. United are entitled to ask for what... They, if Newcastle were entitled to ask for £50 million for Sean Long's stuff, United are probably entitled to ask them to squeeze a little bit more out for Lingard. Um, well, where do you stand on this? Because it seems a bit of a mess. First of all, Sean, Sean Longstaff, £50 million. I mean, I wonder why would why would Manchester United want him in the first place? Anyway, I did find I did find that quite astounding, to be perfectly honest, really astounding. But with the Jesse Lingard one, and I just find it I, in the moment he's just typifying what I foresee as the modern day player. To be perfectly honest, quite content to be at a big club, quite content to be sitting around next to big name players. Want um, social media is important. So I've got their pictures taken next to um, all in summary there at the club, and no great desire to be playing. Quite content just to be around, 
putting on a jersey and being associated with Manchester United, if he had a desire to play and prove a point, would have been playing against Middlesbrough. Hmm. And it's so easy just to come up and just say, I'm not right in today's world. And then everyone has to go, OK, what do you want to do? And what he should want to do is to go out there and prove a point and throw it back in everyone's face and for Manchester United for, to be screaming, Manchester United fans to be screaming in whatever way they want at the club for him to be actually on the verge of leaving the club when they believe he should be there. That's the, and that's the biggest issue is that a lot of United fans want him to go for his own sake to go and play football, for him to go and become something. And then they'll turn around and just say, could go, maybe we should have kept him, but we're really pleased yeah. that he's happy now when he's playing regular football. And there was a golden opportunity for him. And I've said this many times to you, Wayne. I sit in a big West Ham area. And mm. they, they all they've done is talk about from when he, from what he'd done for them and how he changed things and he added something differently, you know, to Manchester um, to West Ham and they would have been happy to have him. The fans, you know, they, they took to a Manchester United player, which isn't which is a difficult job by the way, because they're not they're not big on Manchester United mm. at all, you know. Still, they're not. There's not as much as West Ham fans hate Tottenham, but still, United run it close. But he'd gone and done everything. He really done the hard yards to get to the level he got to, and it was easy if he'd have just made that move. If then he could have come in and he would have had a nice little path in. He could have maybe dropped a little bit in form, but they still remembered what he'd done during that time and knowing that the level he'd set and for him to try and get there ASAP. But he blew that away by leaving, by, by, sorry, by, go, by, by going back and mm. then having the picture within 24 hours in with Ronaldo. Yeah. And all, this, all the other little things going on. And all, I think all it needed really, because modern day players, they don't really a lot of them want to speak. They let, they'd rather let things roll and headlines in papers. Why can't they just come out and just say what their intentions are? If he's not happy at Man say, I'm not getting, speak out and say, I'm not getting game time. I've been here through some great times, enjoyable times, the FA Cup final and what he done with the gut, everything like that. It's very difficult for me to be around it. I need to maybe start, a new, I need somewhere new to go to, to, to recharge myself, to feel good about myself, to go and prove to everyone how good I am. That's all it needed. And then, then straight away, someone within the club might think, oh, we might have to do that just to, cl just to clear him or whatever it is. And he hasn't said that. It's just sitting there and letting stories go on and on and on. Things escalate. And it puts and straight away. You don't know where you are. People get the wrong vibes about him. And then we get in what's happening now. People questioning because he needed, he said he needed space and whatever again. When he, he had a bit of space before, I think he, was, he flew off somewhere before. And then all of a sudden, now we need space again. How much space do you need? To be mm. perfectly honest, the man in the factory can't ask for space. Well, he can, but then what will happen is he, he mostly doesn't get paid or he lose part he lose part of his, his holiday, which he'd rather say to have a holiday with his family. So he, he can't take a, just decide, oh, I'm not right, boss, and not come in. Because the boss will say, well, I'll tell you what, have, have, make, have a lot of space. And call it time, call it weeks and months and years because I'm not going to employ you anymore. Yeah. So I just really, I mean, I'm a bit disappointed, really, that you know you you'd rather see someone like Jesse Lingard show a bit of character 
turn around and just say, no, I want, I want to go. I want to prove myself. Let me get out there. Because at the end of the day, what is he now? He's 29, 30. Yeah. You know, people aren't, going, people aren't going to be bothered soon. They're going to judge him by his age. They're going to judge him how many games he's played. He needs regular football. And he's got to remember as well, somehow he got into an England squad from being on loan at another club, which is a, re a rare thing, a strange thing to happen, really. I don't think it's a right thing that should happen. I think it's quite disrespectful, you know, on the parent club who have let him out on loan. But still, it, it happens. So why, do why doesn't he want to get back playing regular and then really go in there and maybe put down roots on an England, a, a, you know, a spot within an England squad? Why, does why hasn't he got that? about him to want to do that one. No, you know, it's, I don't want to be unkind with comparisons, but I always think, like, you, you mentioned the FA Cup final and Lee Martin scored the winner in 1990. And in a couple of years, Lee Martin was out. You know, we were moving on to the next thing. And I feel like, you know, and Lee Martin had a respectable career. I'm not, I'm not dissing Lee at all. But what I'm trying to say is that you move on, you move on, and you, you get different squads of players because for certain moments you have these peaks, and then you move on. That's what football's all about. It just feels like we've stuck with Jesse, and he's stuck with us uh, with all these different transitions. When really, you probably needed a manager who, who had a longer period in time over this squad to be able to weed out these kind of players who are just simply not good enough for whatever reason. I mean, I'm not I'm not getting on Lingard's back, but look, history tells us, because we've we've witnessed the last four or five years, you can't say that these players were all good enough to win a league. They weren't. Under different managers, they've not been good enough. They're not good enough. It's, it's, the fact is there. They're not good enough. They're not good enough to win the league. They haven't even been good enough to win trophies. They haven't even been good enough to play consistently good football. And and they can have these different excuses, but that's the level. And the problem is that United have, instead of being at the level that everyone thinks that United should be at, they're not. They're at they're a level like sixth or seventh in the league. And the reason why they are is because the players are also complicit in that. And they've got to take responsibility. They're not good enough. It's not... Uh, they're not good enough for a United team that's going to be challenging to win the league. It's a fact. It's a fact because it hasn't happened. We've all got to face that. We, you know, is what it is. And I just, I, I, it is disappointing. It's disappointing when he's had that opportunity. You know, he's had that opportunity to leave. Nobody, you know, he's not signed a new contract. It's been there for him to sign if he wanted to. The club would have probably kept him on. You know, like they probably will with Paul Pogba. A contract's been put in front of him. It's not because the club want him to leave. Do you know what I'm trying to say? They're, they're at least making a token effort to keep them. They, they, they're quite happy to settle for another three or four years of the same, which is ridiculous for me. They've got the opportunity to sweep the brush and get rid of like a group, group of these players. Do it. For, for all parties, like you said, Lingard, get your numbers up. Build a career instead of being a peripheral. Instead of having another year like this, like the same for Pogba. Since he won the World Cup, he's just been <coughs> average, se average seasons and then half of them spent injured. Nobody wants that. He shouldn't want that. Do you know? That's, the, that's the bit I don't get, Wayne. I really don't understand it. I had, um, <clears throat> after I got my injury and had that bit after, then Gary, David May initially started in and Gary's got in. And I stuck yeah. around in my final season and it was horrible. It, was, it wasn't enjoyable. I was mostly pulling faces all over the place. Mostly because I just... I was just, I'd been there, I'd enjoyed a really, you know, really good period. And I was like a green-eyed monster. I wanted to be there because they were still winning games. And I wanted to be around because I smelt it. I had 
tasted it, I'd been involved in everything that had been good about Manchester United. And all of a sudden, I was out of it and I found it very difficult to enjoy it. Jesse Lingard is no different. Paul Pogba in certain ways is no, he's been around there. That Your ego's got to want to be around. You want the adulation that goes with it. You can't just want to sit around and think that's the easy. Surely you must want and you, you want to be there with them. So when they've, when they've played the game with players, all of a sudden they'll go and change. You're out running on the pitch. By the time you get in the dressing room, they've moved on to where they're going. You feel like a spare part in the end. And that's the bit I don't understand. Jesse Lingard hasn't come out. He, he should have come out and said, I haven't. The reason why I haven't signed a contract to let people know. Don't let yeah. other people make stories up and these so-called people who, who call themselves journalists or say a source tells me, you know, a bit like the people who listen to me and you talk and then all of a sudden they, they, they take it from here and they put it in newspapers and like they, like they talk to me or talk to you, they haven't, they're lazy. So don't add to them, don't give them, don't, you know, don't throw anything on the fire for them. Say it yourself, the reason why you haven't signed, everyone knows and it kills all the people out there who are being lazy who and like making themselves seem bigger because they think they know things. Players have got to speak up. You've been paid good money. What's the wrong in just what's wrong in telling the people out there who who like you as a person, enjoyed you as a footballer, respected you as a footballer for their football club, tell them the truth. The reason why you haven't signed. Well, one of the reasons is is that you want the free you want the free transfer because you can virtually up your wages because of it. That's one of the reasons why you want it. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. Say, say it as it is. Everyone's second guessing it already anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern when Solskjaer was sacked was that it, it seemed like a convenient excuse for this squad and we've talked over you know, it's actually two years today since we did our first podcast so happy anniversary to us but um, for a long portion of that time we've talked about how the um, the players really they've taken every excuse given to them um, and as soon as you sack Solskjaer it's an excuse because he's saying that the manager was the problem, and from my point of view, we've and we've talked about this. Solskjaer was talking up a title challenge that we weren't ready for, but he, he accepted the responsibility of it, and he and he suffered the consequence of that. Now, as soon as Solskjaer has gone, it seems like all the standards have dropped. Like, there's no clear objective. Like I know we'll talk about the FA Cup game in a moment, but like you know, it's like the season's just gone to ruin. Like the the owners just decided. In sacking the manager, you knew what was going to happen, especially in appointing an interim one. They're not going to sanction a transfer in January. When it was obvious so when Solskjaer was there that we still needed at least two or three players to challenge for the league. At least two or three. Now it looks more like five or six again. Um, for whatever Solskjaer's faults, and I'm not, this isn't defending him. The facts are we finished third and then second. We knew the team still had deficiencies. I just look at this season and I think this is one where all the fail- failures start from the top with the owners. You can see that. Secondly, with the players because they've let themselves down. And thirdly, with the manager. I think this time he, a manager can escape most of the blame, either Rangnick or, or Solskjaer for various reasons. I'm not saying Solskjaer was good enough. He wasn't. We, we've talked about that already. He should have been dismissed. Those, the, the performances and results were horrific. I just look at it and I just think, Really, you've let January go. You've let January go, and you haven't signed anyone. And you just basically saying we we were writing this off from November. Um, 
so yeah, let's talk about why the reason why we're writing it off. Um, Middlesbrough FA Cup, pretty much the strongest side. I know pe- people complain and said, "Oh, Henderson for De Gea is stronger." Obviously, yeah, um, De Gea is first choice. To all intents and purposes, that was Manchester United's first team, and they took on Middlesbrough. Laboured, um, Paul went to extra time. Thirty shots, some of them um, quite good opportunities. Ronaldo had a, a bunch of chances. He obviously missed the penalty. Bruno missing from about three yards when it seemed easier to put it in. It's the post, and you know, a whole host of chances, half chances as well on top of the thirty. Um, only I think about nine on target. It's a, a weird one because a lot of people are saying that we've played all right because the numbers speak for themselves and we played, you know, we controlled the game. But I mean, you expect to control the game against Middlesbrough. I know, like, yeah, our standards aren't very high at the moment, but they're a championship team. You've got to be expecting to control it. It's not a badge of honour to control the game against them. To failure to convert. I know Ronaldo, all right, everyone has one of those days and a lot of people are now saying that's a sign of his age. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just one of those days where nothing goes in and it didn't. It's got to be better than that, Paul. You've got to be. You can't It's a, You can't lose against Middlesbrough on penalties. However you lose, however you go out of the FA Cup at home. So going out of the FA Cup at home anyway is a disappointment to a lower league team is... This, it doesn't matter how many shots you've had. It's an embarrassment, isn't it? That's that's the top and bottom of it. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way you can get away get away from it. It's, it's not a nice feeling. You have to you have to deal with it. No different to Leicester City, you know. Even even to the likes of West Ham and Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea could have been been embarrassed if Plymouth had scored that late penalty. West Ham. Mm. I mean, I don't know how you call it. How they got away with it, but it, I don't think there's been a, there's a word out yet. Yet. That can actually assess how West Ham got through what they got through, to be perfectly honest as well. So for United, and I think everyone in their own minds didn't go there a hundred percent. I'm sure there's always people thinking about, worried about that game because Borough, yes, they, they got, they, you know, they were with the, have a big crowd behind them. But their form had been good. The big change since Neil Warnock's gone and Chris Wilder's come in, and Chris Wilder, <laughs> a, a well-respected manager in today's football world for what he's done all the way through his career, but more noticeable because of bringing Sheffield United into the Premier League, keeping them there, then then going out again, which was a crying shame, really, because of, in circumstances, how they, you know, they went down. But they're a, de- they're a decent C- C- um, team. That's the Rick, their form shows that as well since he's been there. But, like you say, just having 30 shots, but not whatever attempts at goals and not scoring, it's still an embarrassment to Manchester United. Then losing on on penalties isn't good either when you when you look at it. I mean I, it was said to me and I remembered that was it when we lost to Southampton in the FA Cup at home and you know I think we had a goal disallowed. I think it went it did you know it's proven it went over the line but it was disallowed and we would you know come out and say, you know, we were the better team in that game. But we got knocked out. I still remember Giggsy as he went towards the penalty spot, flicking the ball up with his feet as well as he'd done that. But that was Ryan at the time, and you you wouldn't want to take that away from a young player that kind of confidence in themselves. But it was it was no different, and it's poor. And it was United's best chance or only chance of silverware. Now the season's got to be finished, and it's Manchester United talking about finishing in the top four. 
because I don't think anyone's going to talk about winning the Champions League. You know, it's great that they're still in it, but I don't think anyone's going to talk about Manchester United winning the Champions League because at the moment in time they're not good enough to even to compete the win to win, their, you know, win our own domestic league. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, talk about a team who were. Uh, just briefly, I'll touch on the Munich anniversary. And uh, we've probably talked about it before. Um, I'm just interested in this, Paul. I mean, you came to the club. It's funny now we, we're at this point in history where we look back and pretty much everyone, it's only Bobby Charlton, left of the survivors. When you arrived at the club, there were a lot of survivors still there. Uh, and, you know, they'd frequently be around the club as well because the club sort of kept them in the fold. What was it like being around those people, you know, being through so much? Well, it's one of them initially. I mean, everyone at my time would have heard about the Munich disaster. It's only, heard, you know, heard about it. But, you know, but it's only when you get to the club and then you and you obviously pick up more on it, then you, you'll see the, you know, you see the clock outside and the little bits all around it. And then it pops up on you. The 6th of February happens, 6th of Feb comes round and all of a sudden you're, you're told that, you know, you've got to put a blazer on, we've got to do this. And, got, and it's, as a Manchester United player, you, you fall into it and you end up li- living it still, even when you've left. Yeah. It's, all, it's, still, always, it's still always there, you know, and, and, you know, there's always a passing of somebody and, you know, which makes it even more sadder. But when I talk, when I... Um, when, when it comes around, I always think about a game, <clears throat> one of the games we played over it, and we played Everton. We had Everton at home. And one of my good friends in football was Ian Snowden. And he was playing in that game. And and we, yeah, we won the game 1-0. So I see Snowy in the, um, the players' lounge after. And he, he turned around and said that all their players, he said, he said they didn't want to win. He said they felt what it was like, the atmosphere, everything about it. He said, and we could have we could have scored loads against Everton that day. The Everton players felt it. He goes, he goes, we he goes, we felt we we just couldn't get into it. We found it a really difficult game to play in. You know, yeah. at that given at that time, and um, and it, and, it, and it was even to actually playing it because the emotions that were going round and obviously there was. A, you know, you think there would be lots of the players, you know, the, some of the players, survivors would have been there, people who were supporting United that time and could remember the whole thing, still living with it themselves and were, it all coming to them. But uh, as a player, it was, it was, you know, it was a difficult one, to be perfectly honest. And all you want to do, you wanted to lift yourself and be up for it because there was a lot of people who were hoping that you was going to give them the best possible, you know, two of the most best possible things on that occasion was to play well and win. So when you move forward with that, Paul, I think the, the occasion that you're talking about, I think it wasn't Munich. It was the Matt Busby passing away, wasn't it? I am, I am. Yeah, that, yeah, that was one. Oh, there was Munich was straight after that, the anniversary. Yeah. And I'm just wondering. So when that happens, obviously Busby passing puts everything into that kind of perspective as well, because he was a survivor. And you, you move on. Does it change how you approach every game as a United player? I'm not saying that you can think about it every single time, but it just becomes part of your psychological makeup. Then you, you know, I've got to play well. I've got to, you know, that this is I'm representing something different than what I was before. Before you knew about it, yeah. I mean, when when I went to United, you do you you know that everything is being scrutinised. 
especially after the, my first season when we failed to win the league, then you knew the next season there was more people watching you. Yeah. You was under more pressure. And then you you know, you achieved your personal goal, you achieved the club's personal goal of winning that first um title in twenty six years and you know then the following season there's gonna be more people watching you because they want to see what you're gonna do next. They're gonna want so a lot of them are gonna want you to go and do it again, but there's even more who want you to fail because mm. you've gone and done it already. And that and that and that is life of playing for Manchester United and I think that's one of the things a lot of the players don't realise that when they go there. They don't understand the immense pressure they're under of actually achievements. You go to Manchester United, you go there because you want to you want to win trophies. You want to play for United to give yourself the best possible chance of winning trophies. But you want to win it for that club because you know if you bring silverware home, what difference what a difference it makes to your life. You know, doing what you're supposed to love, and that is playing football. If you love football, you want to play for the biggest club you, you possibly can. And then after you've got to that big club, then you want to try and win medals. And then you've got to take all that stress on. And that's why certain players and you people look at them, they go, why isn't he doing it? What's going on? It's because they've found everything that the occasion of playing for that club week in, week out, very, very difficult because of the standards that have to be kept. And if we're talking about today, and one of the big things about playing for a club like Manchester United is that individually and collectively, you have to be consistent. You have to be. When we talk about the greatest players, the great, all the greatest players we can talk about were consistent. They can, that's, that's one of the. That's one of the. You know, when you talk about really real life legends, they were all consistent in what they'd done. There was a level that they they went up, which they kept pushing up all the time. But the levels when they were going down didn't drop very far. They knew they just stood at a certain point. You knew what you was getting. There's not enough of them now in that Manchester United team at this moment in time. Yeah, it's it is. I mean that's you, you absolutely bang on. It's a difficult shirt to carry sometimes, especially I mean and once you become aware of that responsibility and the privilege. Mm. If you can become aware of it, I guess some players might not even be you don't know. You don't know without talking to them. Um yeah, it's my privilege to be able to talk to you about it. Um, so, yeah, let, let's talk about the forthcoming games this week. Uh, Burnley tomorrow, one win all season. They've got a decent record at Old Trafford under Sean Dyche in, in recent years. Um, they've won and drawn, I know, certainly a couple of games I can remember. Um, was it the 2-0 was either Fernandez's first game or or he was bought straight after that? So, yeah, they, they've got a decent record at Old Trafford. They know... Sean Dice knows how to set up to frustrate them, you know, to, to get a good result. So it's one of those. I, if I'm being pessimistic, I'm saying, oh, form goes out of the window. But, you know, I don't know. Paul, um, what, what do you make of this one? Um, you expect United to um, turn it on? The game's at Burnley, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. I, I realised that as I was saying it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's at Burnley, yeah. sorry. Well, I mean, I, I still remember the, the recent game when they played just before, you know before Christmas, and Burnley hadn't played for what two and a half weeks. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. You know, and, and that just tells you about when these managers are calling for winter breaks and all that. Well, certain ones are, you know, there must be something a personal game from because players players can't stop. They need to be engines need to be run, and Burnley were ring rusty, but yet Burnley 
kind of in a way dominated the midfield still. Yeah, the only did. thing they didn't have, they did not have anything up top. They just didn't they didn't threaten enough. There was a few occasions in the first half and even when they went two two nil down, they mostly couldn't believe they were two nil down. And then when they went three nil down, they were kind of what's going on here? You know, with the, they weren't great, but United weren't great either. Didn't really that game was never really if you watched it you say so they won three nil, but but then on this side of it they're going into it off a a poor result at home in the FA Cup United and then they go into Burnley, Turf Moor Burnley only won one game all season. That's a horrible thing to hear because you think it makes you worry that you don't want to be their second. Mm. So it's about the attitude of the players and I really don't know where he's going to go, what is he going to, who is he going to pick, what formation they're going to play. I really don't know what's going to happen next with United. And and that's, you know, when you have a, this situation, a club like Manchester United having an interim manager that tells you, in my opinion, what says in my, how far they've fallen at the moment to be in that position. Players are no different, footballers are no different to anybody who works in a factory in an office. You need somebody who's there, love them or hate them or respect them because what they do and they're good at it, at the helm in charge. Someone who's dictating everything down. At the moment, there's someone up there but who's picking a team and doing it, organising it, but he's not the boss. Mm. He's not the shout and scream. He's not the one that's saying, you're out, I don't want you here, you've got to go. Because he, he's got to answer to someone else and say, can I say that to him? I, I don't want him here. Oh, but we might have someone coming in who, who might like him, might be able to do it. It's all if, buts, and might be, can do, or not sure. It's all over the place. It's not organised, Wayne, at this moment. Started off as, you know, the big fanfare thing. And yes, he's done a, a few interesting press conferences and the situation with Martial, the situation with Jesse Lingard, because he said this hmm. to maybe, you know, He's bit what he said in the in a press conference didn't help Jesse Lingard and the way he was going around he's anything. So you just need somebody to go bang. And now we're getting ifs and buts, who's gonna get them, you know, who's gonna be the manager. Now everybody in social media wants to do their own kind of, you know, who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be the Ajax manager or Pochettino? And you know, it's the whole thing needs to be put to bed yeah. yesterday. Because yeah. it's embarrassing. It's Manchester United, you know. It's not a team. This is not a team that sits third and fourth all every season, worrying about rele- relegation or anything. This is a team that's supposed to be talking about winning leagues, and they're in this situation of having someone at the helm who isn't going to be at the helm, or might be at might be, might be at the helm. You know, or he could get the job. Pips, oh, you know, the so-called journalist saying, oh, he could get the job because of this. He just at this moment in time, he doesn't. He's not the Manchester United manager I would expect to be there he just hasn't for me look hasn't got that presence to be a Manchester United manager that might be down to it Wayne is the fact of he hasn't really he's not really showing that assertiveness because he's not 100% sure he's going to do that job is he actually going to go and do the job as director of football is that 100% that he's definitely going to go and sit there I don't know because I can't believe what I, what I read anymore because <laughs> Again, there's too many people making up a load of stuff. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree. There's your headline, by the way. That's going to be mm. everywhere. Um, but, but you're right. You're absolutely right. And you do you do worry if you're not... Well, you don't. You, there's no need to worry. You can see it happening. It's, 
again, a squad of players that don't need an excuse, but they'll take one when, when it's there. Do you know what I mean? And this is a good excuse for them. There's no authority. There's no direction. So why invest in a, a massive change of philosophy for a manager who's only temporary? Um, it's, it's, this is no long-term thinking. And even, even if they did, they could get him out if they, if they weren't happy about it. So, um, yeah, you, you're right. And and I, I look at a team like Burnley. Burnley would have probably been very happy that they've got United. United or Arsenal, you know what I mean? They're always that opponent that you want to... We can get ourselves up for it. We can, we've can. we got a good chance of turning them over and possibly starting a good run. You know, that's that's how they'll see it. And, and as right, they should. And we're, we're one of those susceptible teams now. Who were in that position? Um, it'll be similar for Southampton, but I look at Southampton's form poll mid table, win loss draw. They, I mean, they drew against City recently um, and played pretty well, but you know, they could easily, you know, they just I don't want to sound disrespectful or like I'm being flippant, but they're just a typical Southampton team, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Unpredictable. They'll, they'll give you a game, but you never know. If they're not gonna. They're not in danger of being relegated. They're not in danger of challenging for anything meaningful in the league, apart from apart from survival being its own its own meaningfulness. Um, and they're a good competitive team in the Premier League. Which again, you look at United. You look at every team that they've struggled against this season. It's it does, there's no easy games for United at the moment, and that's where we are with this one, right? Yeah, we are. It's in- you would normally you turn around and you virtually just go, yep, yeah, that, that one's a, that one's a home win. But you can't do that anymore, United. You don't know what kind of performance they're going to put up at home. You, mm. you don't know where you're getting where before. You always knew. And if it was, if they did lose at home, it was it was a shock result. A team had played unbelievable, or United had just maybe not a bit like the bit like the Middlesbrough game. Really, in that sense, if they were you know a smash and grab as such. In that sense, so it is difficult to call it. The Burnley game is still a tough one to call. It is all about the application that the team puts in initially in that early part of the game. If you get it right at the start against the size, like against the Burnley, then you'll go on and you'll win the game. You'll win the game as you should win the game as a Manchester United team. But I really don't know. When you say Southampton are hot and cold, they'll turn up at Old Trafford and They'll just enjoy the moment. They generally do come there and play quite well, Southampton. Mm. But it's coming to the point again where United are relying on individuals to win in games of football. They're hoping for somebody to get them out. They're hoping for maybe Fernandes to pull something out the bag. Maybe Ronaldo might just do something. Um, but it's just running out of those players now. It's just... We, we, you know, at the moment, Wayne, I feel like going round and round all the time and everybody's got an opinion here and you think, sort of, right, OK, that you see that and you can suddenly go, well, no, that. It's, it's, it's flipping from one week to the next. The problem is it's gone on under, what, three, four, I don't know how many managers there's been now. Is it four managers there's been? Well, the Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho, Solskjaer, and then obviously Solskjaer. Well, it's just been... Far too many, and there's been far too many players who have played under too many managers in yeah. that in their given time at Manchester United. It's a team that's supposed to be competing to win leagues, not a team fighting relegation. United shouldn't ever shouldn't have had this many managers. These lot of these players shouldn't be there to have played under so many managers. It's not you know, and you're looking at managers going and 
you think to yourself, well, after so many managers going, you can't blame the managers anymore. They're still, be, it, you know, all it is is the person carrying the toolbox. That's all that's changed. It's the same tools with diff different person carrying it to the place of work and then asking for asking them to do a job and they're still not doing the job. I, I wonder if some of these players' reputations have been enhanced by the managers getting sacked because they, there's like this impression that you get from a lot of people that, oh, yeah, United have spent all this money, they should be challenging. A lot of money's been wasted. And you look at those players, they're not... I've said it earlier, the, the league table hasn't lied for five years. Do you know? Mm -hmm. not, but they, they, you look at them and you see the managers getting sacked and then it's almost like, oh, they should... You know, they should be winning titles. They shouldn't. They're not good enough. Look you can't at look at it on people. The problem is, is that a lot of people would look at it on paper and look at the valuation and judge it on valuation. I mean, yeah. if we judge if we judge the back four on valuation, they should yeah. be the best. But it should be one of the best back four in world football. Yeah. You know, but they're not. They they mostly are in the game of Sabutio. That's as good as it gets because you can lean on one of them and they and you break them. So. Yeah, no, you, you're right, and I think that's a really good point about the back line because it, it illustrates and emphasizes that exact issue. You know, they say, "Oh, the wage bill, blah blah." Well, the wage bills—they've been—they've kept competitive. They've had to keep the club competitive, but and no one's saying that the players don't have high ceilings. A lot of them have achieved some of the great things in the game, but collectively, it hasn't worked. And you can't—you know—you've had a world-class manager, even though he's passed his sell-by date in Mourinho. They were organised for a bit. Even Solskjaer had no experience and, and they were still competitive for a little bit. But, you know, I think a lot of these players, the see, they don't want to hear it from anyone, but the ceiling's probably second or third in the league and that's why they, yeah. they I think, got... I think in certain times, when we're looking at it now, and there is there is definitely something about it. There's a reason why Manchester United signed all of, these, all of the players. Yeah. But after a while, nothing like human, like anything human life. Sometimes you need, you need someone, you need a reboot. Pull the plug out, count to ten, plug it back in again. These players need a reboot. They need a change of club. Yeah, they need to I go. To, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I talked to um, Martin Edwards about this recently um, because we were talking about um, the earlier. I basically asked him about giving Fergie faith. Not you know, Everyone says, oh, the Forest job and everything. That It wasn't necessarily about that. It was more like he signed Donaghy and he signed Jim Layton. Do you know what I mean? And then he was allowed to let them go because they weren't good enough. And and Martin corrected me. He said, well, I don't think that they weren't good enough. I just think they were part of the stepping stone to where we wanted to be. And, yeah, that's, that's it. They, they were good enough for a period of time. And then you move on, and then that's where we've been with a lot of these players. But they didn't move on, and like we mentioned it earlier, you mentioned it: Pogba, Lingard, Martial. They were they were good enough for a period of time, but for, for their own good, the time for them to move on and the time for them to move on. That time went two or three years ago, and we've all been in this unhappy marriage ever since, you know. And, and it's not good for them, and it's not good for us. Um, but you know, it's what it is, and we'll probably be talking about it again next week when United win the games and then lose the other one um, and on and on we go around the mid go around um, yeah that's it for this week guys thanks for listening thanks for watching um, if you enjoy it give us a thumbs up on the channel subscribe as well really appreciate that um, and if you're watching uh, if you're listening back on the audio podcast give us a 
a like and review on the um, and subscription on the platform you're listening on. We'll be back next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.